Listener Production. Your Morning Agenda with Natasha Belling. Good morning. Thanks for your company. Let's check what's making headlines this Thursday, the 8th of July. The lockdown for Greater Sydney has been extended for at least another week, with the New South Wales Premier flagging even tougher restrictions as authorities struggle to stop the current COVID outbreak spreading. Students will also return to online learning next week, with the focus firmly now on a concerning spike in cases in Sydney's southwest. Residents in the local government areas of Liverpool, Fairfield and Canterbury Bankstown told to stay at home. 27 new locally acquired cases of COVID were recorded across Sydney yesterday and authorities say this latest outbreak of the highly contagious Delta strain should be a wake-up call, especially for young Australians. A total of 37 people with COVID are now in hospital, with almost half of those patients under the age of 55. Seven are in intensive care, with two on ventilators. New South Wales Premier Gladys Berejiklian says if cases don't stabilise, they may have to go harder, especially in the hotspot suburbs. We have broad rules as to why people are allowed to leave the house and allowed to exercise. But if we need to, health may provide advice on further restriction of movement in those communities. Uh, But that's yet to be determined. I only foreshadow that to highlight how concerned health is and how concerned we are. The National Retailers Association says the extended Sydney lockdown will have a devastating impact on the entire Australian economy. The additional week of lockdown is predicted to cost the New South Wales economy a further $1 billion. And without any adequate financial support like JobKeeper this time, CEO Dominique Lamb says it's a massive blow for retailers. The longer this goes on, the more unsustainable it becomes. And I guess, you know, realistically, lockdowns simply aren't a strategy, um, certainly for the economic um, health of our country. And we'll have more details about a planned rescue package from the New South Wales government coming up shortly in Business and Finance. Also making news this morning, frontline workers on the Sunshine Coast have been praised for their heroic efforts in saving the life of a COVID-infected patient. The person was being moved from the COVID ward to undergo an MRI when they suffered an anaphylactic reaction to the dye. The 10 hospital workers didn't have enough time to put on the proper PPE, but jumped in to save the patient's life. The affected staff have now been placed in 14 days quarantine. And in breaking news this morning, the President of Haiti has been assassinated in his home and his wife has been left with serious injuries. It's believed unidentified gunmen shot the leader in a targeted attack. 53-year-old Zovanel Moise has been in power since 2017. World leaders have widely condemned the assassination. Let's check what's happening in your state with our reporters on the ground. And we start in New South Wales this morning and a $1 million reward is now being offered for information about Sydney's deadly Luna Park fire more than four decades ago. Seven people, including six children, were killed in the inferno on the ghost train in 1979. Our reporter, Siobhan Caulfield, has the latest. Tash, a review of the case was requested by the coroner earlier this year with a strike force now put together to investigate. Police at the time blamed the fire on an electrical fault, but now allegations are being made the blaze was deliberately lit and linked to underworld crime figures. Detective Superintendent Danny Doherty urging anyone with information to come forward as the families deserve answers. Uh, They're going through the ups and downs. This is really probably mixed emotions for them. Um, They've... um 
you know, 40 odd years without answers from some of them have questions, some of them don't have questions. And to Victoria, and researchers are on the verge of a major breakthrough in the fight against prostate cancer. Experts at Melbourne's RMIT University and St Vincent's Hospital are using artificial intelligence to detect the deadly cancer even before symptoms set in. Our reporter, James Royce, explains. And AI is seemingly a lot better at picking up the telltale signs than even human-trained eyes are, Tash. And this is great news because, as we know, early detection is crucial for patient outcomes. We're talking about a cancer that more than 18,000 Aussie men are diagnosed with each year. Australia doesn't currently have a prostate cancer screening program, but the Herald Sun reports that these experts are using the CT imaging results of, for example, emergency room patients who are being scanned for other conditions like a lower body injury and then analysing them. They are then able to refer these patients to specialists who can jump on that cancer treatment early. Now for the latest in business and finance news this morning, we're joined by Peter Switzer from the switzerreport.com.au. Peter, good morning. Now, the two-week lockdown has been extended and it's been already so devastating for so many businesses and workers across the greater Sydney region. And this time, as we know, there is no job keeper, but we're hearing there may be some more financial help on the way. Yeah, a $1.4 billion rescue plan. And the three-week lockdown is tipped to cost the New South Wales government $2.5 billion. And that's why the state government has found the $1.4 billion to help small business gutted by the extended coronavirus lockdown. However, the CEO of Restaurant and Catering Australia, Wes Lambert, said the support measures could be too late for many businesses, many of which can't pay their big rents in CBD locations. And talking about business, Peter, we know there's been a lot of criticism about the federal government's rollout of our vaccination program, and now business groups may be coming to the rescue. Yeah, this is a strange one, isn't it? Treasurer Frydenberg hosted some of Australia's biggest businesses, from Bunnings to Officeworks to Woolworths, which have promised to be vaccination centres when the Pfizer vaccine shows up in September or October. Plans were hatched for CBD office towers and other big workplaces to have on-site vaccination teams. And it's interesting, this next story, Peter, uh, many may be disappointed with the Morrison government's rollout of our vaccination program, but the government has won high praise from a global think tank. Yeah, that's right. The Morrison government's emergency income support to workers and businesses last year has been praised by the Paris-based OECD, which says Australia's rapid employment recovery now leads its fellow rich country rivals by several years. Australia and Japan regained their pre-pandemic employment rates in the June quarter this year, but the OECD predicts the US and UK won't restore their pre-virus job levels until the end of 2023. Let's hope they step up for New South Wales. Thanks so much, Peter. Cheers. for sport now with Brett Thomas and Brett who's who in the zoo. Tim has showed why he's ready for the world stage. Uh, very good, Tash. Yeah, in <laughs> Newcastle last night, he was fighting Stevie Spark. Of course, he was meant to be taking on Michael Zarafa in a grudge match, but the Melbourne boxer pulled out last week. So Stevie Spark stepped up. The Queensland fighter was a real Rocky Cinderella Man type story, but unfortunately the dream was ended in brutal fashion last night. Uh, TKO in the third round. He copped some massive 
Steve body shot. Still a great performance to step up at the last minute, but Tim is in a different class, and he used uh, the post-match interview in the ring to call out his next potential opponents. There's Liam Smith, Kurbanov, and Danny Garcia. They're the three boys I'm going for. So if you're watching, boys, I'm coming for you. So he wants to fight on the world stage. Would have done so already if not for the pandemic. That audio there on main event. And Brett, the gentleman of tennis, some may say. The Fed Express, unfortunately, his Wimbledon campaign is over. While for Novak Djokovic, it continues. Yeah, for Federer, looking for a 21st Grand Slam title. Uh, he would have been the oldest man in the open era to get through to the semis. Had already done so to the quarters. 39 years of age. But he ran into the Polish Express, not the Fed Express. It was Hubert Herkash uh, from the 14th seed. Had never been this far in the tournament. Already in uncharted waters. But he certainly uh, did not look overawed. In fact, he won in straight sets. The third set was six love. The first time at Wimbledon that Federer has failed to win a game. It was a stunning performance. Magnificent demolition of a great champion. Hubert Herkash disposes of Federer in straights. It is his moment. On nine there, Novak Djokovic is through in straight sets. Now, if he wins Wimbledon, then he uh, joins Rafa and Roger on 20 Grand Slam singles titles. So uh, Novak, uh, history on the way for him. And so exciting. Finally, a great win for the Wallabies, uh, kicking off the international calendar with an epic win over France. How good was that game? Yeah, last night at Suncorp Stadium where they're playing another match. This is a three-test series. The French fresh out of 14 days of quarantine. They're missing some stars, but for 85 minutes they led the Wallabies last night. Would have been their first win on Aussie soil since 1990, but a last-second penalty uh, saw the Aussies sneak away with a win. That's test footy for you, hey? Like, man, for my debut to this, like, I'm so proud of this team and especially myself to bounce back like that, man. That was uh, Noah Lolasio who stepped up to convert that penalty with Thanks to Stan Sport. Uh, we've got uh, AFL and NRL on tonight. The Demons against the Power at the Adelaide Oval. Ricky's Raiders out to snap a horror runner form against Manly. Helping their cause is Daly Cherry Evans, Tom Trebojevic, both on origin duty. And at the Euros Live this morning, we've got England against Denmark. England haven't been to the final of a major tournament since the 1966 World Cup. The winner, of course, to face Italy. That match is live this morning at Wembley. It is nil all in the first half. Slow day in sport. Brett, well done. <laughs> Thanks, Tash. And history will be made at this year's Tokyo Olympics with basketball star Paddy Mills and swimmer Kate Campbell named as flag bearers for the opening ceremony. Campbell will be the first female swimmer to carry the flag, while Mills becoming the first Indigenous flag bearer at an Olympic opening ceremony. It's obviously, you know, an an absolute honour and and, and a privilege. And, And it's so iconic that you know, it's going to be hard for me to really wrap my head around um, this moment, I guess. Organisers are pushing ahead with the Olympics despite the ongoing COVID crisis in Japan. The Games are set to kick off on the 23rd of July. And that's all you need to know to start your day with your morning agenda in your podcast feed from 6.30am every weekday morning. You can also find the latest episode and a whole new world of audio by downloading the new listener app for free. I'm Natasha Belling. Thanks so much for your company. Have a great day. Stay safe and we look forward to seeing you tomorrow.